is Thursday, November 2nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. The Rangers are World Series champions. And week nine of the NFL gets underway tonight. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Texas Rangers win their first World Series, capping it off with a 5-0 win over the Diamondbacks. Titans at the Steelers, kicking off week nine of the NFL tonight. And an interesting revenge spot in the NBA. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? It's the Rangers, a 5-0 win over the Diamondbacks, winning the World Series four games to one. We gave out a couple of plays on Straight Out of Vegas yesterday morning. Let's all, talk about them. All of them cashed. Let's talk about them, we baby. Feel, we we, we uh, completed a very successful postseason here on SOV and the baseball pod with former Major League pitcher Josh Towers. We were all over Zach Gowan. Uh, Are we going to get any Josh Towers? Is he going to come around? Is he, is he yeah. gone until April? Yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk to him. We'll get Good. him on. Uh, but if you were listening to yesterday morning, I said Zach Gowan, the only way the Diamondbacks are going to be in this game is if he pitches well. And if he can get through the first inning, which has been a house of horrors for him this postseason, he's going to settle in nicely and give them length. And that's exactly what he did. He had, he threw six no-hit innings. That'll do it. Before allowing hits and eventually a run in the seventh inning and being pulled from the game, he goes six and one-third innings. That is well over the 15-and-a-half. This was a 0-0 game after five innings, which cashes the first five under four and a half. And the reason why it was a 0-0 game, I mentioned Zach Allen didn't allow a hit until the seventh inning, but Nathan Yavaldi, with six of the hardest earned shutout innings you will ever see. He had runners on, not just runners on base, he had runners in scoring position. It seemed in every inning, and he got out of it Every single time. Yeah, five walks. He was constantly in hot water. Never let it break. And, you know, as one of the ones I gave out yesterday was the under in this game. And there were a couple times where I was like, oh, boy, this is getting hairy. Mm -hmm. This is getting hairy. And he worked his way out of it. And there's a reason why we talked about him being, like, in that Andy Pettit, Josh Beckett, you know, Kurt Schilling, like a postseason legend, a guy who is is making his name, making his hay with what he's done in the postseason. And this is this is about as big of a game as he could have thrown. And did he get in some hot water? Yes. But at the end of the day, six innings, no runs. Mm-hmm. He did exactly what the Rangers needed him to do. Five and oh. This postseason. Incredible. If there was an MVP for the entire postseason, like the Conn Smythe Award in the NHL is for the most valuable player to his team during the entire postseason. Now, it usually goes to the guy who was the best player in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. But the award is given out to the MVP of the postseason. 
Nathan Uvalde was the Rangers' MVP of the postseason. Adolis Garcia might have something to say about that. Yeah, and Corey Seager, they split votes with each other. But, hey, but Nathan Uvalde's went 5-0 and this playoffs. Corey Seager, who, did Corey Seager win the MVP? I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, for the second Let's time, go. he is the fourth player to win multiple MVP trophies since the award was first given out in 1955. Seager? And Reggie Jackson are the only players to win it, though, of the four, with two different teams. He was the MVP of the World Series with the Dodgers. Some people think that never happened during the COVID year. <laughs> and he won the World Series MVP this year. Bruce Bochy, meanwhile, the sixth manager to win at least four World Series titles. He is the first manager. This is awesome. He's the first manager in baseball history to win a World Series for and against the same team. That's wild. Because the Giants beat the Rangers in 2010. That is wild. (laughs) But this guy's a Hall of Famer. Again, four World Series titles. He becomes the sixth manager to accomplish that. This was just an incredible run by the Texas Rangers, who not long ago were a bottom feeder team. They lost 102 games in 2021. And... They become the third team to win a World Series within two years of a 100-loss season. They were perfect on the road this postseason. Did not lose a single road game. They only lost four games the entire postseason. One was uh, game two of the World Series when they lost 9-1, to and the other three were in the all three games at home against the Houston Astros yeah. in the seven-game series. I think something else to note is if you look at just the final score of this game, you say, oh, Rangers blew them out. This game was one to zero heading yeah. into the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. And uh, a big mistake by Alec Thomas, who I don't watch a lot of Diamondbacks games. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Alec Thomas is is there to play defense, but he's a career 230 hitter who starts for a team that was in the World Series. He's there to play defense. Mm-hmm. He let a ball roll under his glove. Runners on first and second. Yep. It's a simple ground ball. Out. One run's going to score. One, one run is going to score, there, but there might be a play at the plate even. Might be. And instead, the ball goes under his glove all the way to the wall. Two runs score. Mm-hmm. Hitter ends up on third. And then home run uh, by Marcus Simeon. And it's all of a sudden, it is a blowout. Yeah. And you can see... The Rangers already start celebrating. Uh, Spores ended up finishing out the game. They had they had the the back end guys Chapman and Leclerc warming warming up. Well, Chapman already was in the game. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't need anybody no. else. They said, "Let's go with the Spores." Finish it off, two and a third of one hit ball, four strikeouts, including the uh, the strikeout to finish the game. Just a, uh, a a fantastic performance, top to bottom, by the pitching staff for these Rangers. Who that was kind of the big question coming into the World Series was. Do they have the pitching to do it? Yep. That was the question, really, against the Astros. We we know they can hit, mm-hmm. but is the pitching going to be good enough? Are they going to be able to hold down this lineup? Uh, the pitching, especially in well, the pitching in these playoffs has been phenomenal. Yeah, and the one exception might be the guy that they rushed back, Max Scherzer. Yeah, and what's and, amazing is that before the season started, when everyone was pumping up the Texas Rangers as a World Series contender, the idea was that well, Jacob Degrom is going to lead yeah, this staff, one of the best pitchers and, in the world, and and be the guy. It was Nathan Nivaldi. Yeah, it, you know, it, it was all season long unsung heroes like Dane Dunning, Montgomery, guys, Jordan Montgomery. You know, an acquisition. Just they these guys got the job done. You know, they trade for Scherzer. He gets hurt. 
amazing. We talked about them winning, losing 100 games two years ago. Last season, they were 68-94, the worst record in Major League Baseball history the season before winning the World Series. Incredible. So what a turnaround. And, and does it coincide with Bruce Bochy? Yes, it does. Uh, what a turnaround for this team. Uh, with the Rangers winning their first World Series in franchise history, there are now only five active franchises without a World Series title. Can, name you, name, can you name them? Uh, Tampa. Tampa has never won a World Series, correct. Um, Colorado. Colorado has never won a World Series, Arizona, correct. No, Arizona has, damn it. Um, Padres? Seattle. The Padres have never won a World Series. Seattle, Seattle has never won a World Series. And one more. I don't think the Yankees have won. And not in a while. <laughs> uh, mm, I want to say think, Brewers. Yeah, I was about to say. Think Is it beer. Brewers? Think okay. Beer. The Milwaukee Brewers. I, I wasn't so sure. I didn't five know. franchises without a title. Padres, Rays, Brewers, Rockies, and Mariners. Who knows? Maybe one of them could be next. Uh, Mariners keep getting close, but <laughs> then the playoffs happen. Mackenzie, what are the odds to win the World Series next year? In 2024. We can keep the guessing game going. Care to venture a guess? Who is the World Series favorite for 2024? I'm going to say, boy, the Astros are going to take a step down because there's a lot of transition with the Astros. Obviously, they're going to be hiring a new manager, so things are. it's going to be a transition year for them. I will say the Dodgers always at the top of the list. That's my guess. The Atlanta Braves, though, who had the the best record this year. The Atlanta Braves... So I'll go Braves and Dodgers are the top two. Those are the top two. Braves seven and one. Dodgers plus seven fifty. Then it goes to the Rangers at nine to one. Yeah. Astros nine to one. Phillies eleven to one. And your Yankees thirteen to one. Yeah, I was gonna say Yankees are always up there. Every Phillies maybe. Year. I, I, I would have thought about them as one of the favorites too. Yeah. That's uh, well, they are though, the yeah. fourth favorite. Well, yeah, but I would I would have thought that them at the very top. Listen, uh, I, another team that I'll throw out there. The roster's not there now. I expect them to spend a lot of money this offseason, though. The New York Mets. Yeah, they very are possible. twenty to one. Ninth uh, favorite. I, I, let's let's. Where are the San Diego Padres? Sixteen to one. Uh, that's not good enough. I need to wait till they're like almost eliminated and uh, like eighty <laughs> to one. That worked out so well. This it's time. happening. Well, congratulations to the Texas Rangers. Congratulations to us. We have a very successful postseason, and now we uh, turn our attention to the fall season and the winter. And we move on to next year. Mac and I are Vegas guys, not like you, not a New Yorker. <laughs> uh, Mac, what are the odds on our new Vegas A's to win the World if Series? If you go to the very year? bottom of the odds board, they are 150 to 1. Mm. They're not going to win until they're in Vegas. Right. Oh, That's yeah, 2028. Right. Okay. you got to give them many, many years. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes. Well, just, try, just trying to plan ahead. Are they going to stay in Oakland for five years while we build a stadium? Dude, I'd Seems come. Not feasible. I'd, I'd play at a high school park. Right. Just get out of there. <laughs> I agree. Thursday Night Football will kick off week nine in the NFL tonight with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Tennessee Titans from, I'm still going to call it Heinz Field. I know it's like Acrisher or whatever. It'll always be Heinz Field for me in Pittsburgh with the uh, Steelers right now favorites in this game. What are we looking at, AJ, in terms of the line and the total for Thursday Night Football? Pittsburgh, as Fez would like to say, uh, minus (laughs) 2.75. 36.5, the whopping over under here. And Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, joins us to talk about Thursday Night Football. Fez, unders are all the rage on primetime games, Thursday night games. We have a low total here, 37, 36.5. We still feeling under. You know, key numbers are... 
um, abounding in this game. So as AJ minus two point seven five, what does that mean? Well, those who listen to the show daily are aware, but that means that half the books have two and a half, and half have three. Mm-hmm. And pulling back the curtain, the pros love games like this because it makes it so much easier to pay really reduced vig. What do I mean by that? Well, if you like Pittsburgh, you find a book that's got minus two and a half, lay a dollar ten. Always shop for you know having multiple books as many as you can. And a standalone game wouldn't surprise me at all. Some of the recreational shops here in Vegas, if you can get to them with the F1 construction, but if you can get to like a Treasure Island or a Golden Nugget or a, a standalone book, you're probably going to get a plus three on Tennessee, don't you think, AJ? Right. I would think so. That's what lay, it looks like. Lay a dollar ten. Of course, you know, transporting yourself to such a place, it feel I feel like Fellowship of the Ring. I'm like, I got to go through the mines of Moria. Dare I risk it to go through the tunnel of the airport? Yeah, there, maybe there's get some stuck. There's some plus threes right now. You can play. You can play, play even money plus three at Westgate. Uh, plus three minus one hundred two uh, at um, at DraftKings. So they're they're available out P- there. Plus three minus one hundred two. Minus three uh, one hundred two. There you go. I apologize. That's, yes, there you go. Now we when we we don't want to be laying three uh, plus one hundred two because minus two and a half even right. laying do- one fifteen would be better. Um, I got to tell you, I'm a little concerned. I don't want to make the mistake I made with Chicago because I, I I was like I really like what I saw from Badgett when he played very well, and then he was terrible against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So now that the, the the Steelers have film on Levis, and obviously he he was just styling out there, I could see Levis running into trouble. And in fact, I think maybe um, betting some props in this game, including Levis to throw an interception, that'd probably be my favorite prop. Yes, to throw an interception. Don't you think it's different, Bajan versus Levis in that? I mean, Bajan was a D2 quarterback. Levis was, a, a lot of people thought, a top five pick in the draft. And a first-round talent, certainly. I mean, is, does it seem like you're, you were maybe jumping the gun assuming that Will Levis is, is going to turn into a pumpkin? Yeah, but it's there's a lot of pumpkins that are out there. If you look at, like, how many you know first-round picks that um, have just, you know, crashed and burned and... You know, the highway's jammed with broken heroes on the last chance power drive, and they wind up as a burned-out Chevrolet, and we forget about all these guys. I, you know what? Let me ask you that. Let me ask you this way: If I said right now, who do you think has a better career, Will Levis or Kenny Pickett? Which way would you go? You've seen that, one data point of Will Levis, a second-round pick. You've seen a year that, and a half of Kenny Pickett. Now, this is going to be first-round. This is going to be controversial. I'm going to take Pickett. Because I think Pickett's um, – Where's the button? Push the button for me, Scott. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the ceiling is obviously way higher. The lottery ticket's better with Levis. But, you know, I've, I've seen this movie so many times where, you know, guys go even in the top ten and then they just crash and burn never to be remembered again. Like um, Rosen is a great example. Yeah. You know, where, well, Josh Rosen was never good. He never – I don't know if he ever had a game as good as Will Levis' Jim, first game. Jim Marcus Russell. I mean, there's so many, like, top picks that just just completely crash and burn. So the f- mere fact that Pickett could get to the point where he was going to be able to start for a year, you know, there's no guarantee Levis – like Malik Willis, you know, he's going to be out of the league in two years. You know, I know, yeah. I know he's a third-round pick. But just throwing out names, you know, it's, it's very difficult to quarterback effectively in the NFL. I like the idea of fading 
uh, Will Levis after this performance. I mean, everyone is certainly all, all, you know excited about the four touchdowns and the deep passes, the shots down the field to DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, DeAndre Hopkins is back now, right? Although he might not be back. He might not be playing. I'm just saying, like, everyone's all excited. Like, well, finally, D-Hop is back, and we're excited about Levis. I love the idea of fading him against the Steelers' defense, and I know that, you know, Fitzpatrick is out for the Steelers, but I still like uh, T.J. Watt and the pressure that they create up front. So, you know, when we talked about the, the same game parlay on the Dream Preview, it was all about Will Levis throwing an interception. So I, I like fading Levis every way I can here. And I think I'd be careful about normally when we see a, a spread and a lower total we want to tease, like tease a two and a half up to eight and a half. I think there's a little more variance in this game because of the uncertainty of how well Levis is going to play. I'd be careful playing teasers to any extent with Tennessee here. No, I, I, I don't have a feel for the sides. I just I like the under. I don't think both of these teams are going to score. I want to fade Will Levis, and the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense under Kenny Pickett is not exactly, you know, dominating the NFL right now. The most points they scored all season was 26 in the game against the Browns in Week 2. Sounds like if you're going to pick up a fantasy player for this week, maybe you pick up the kicker for the Titans. Is that correct? Or both. But, yeah, I'd rather have the Titans uh, kicker because I do think that the Steelers will limit the drives. I I disagree. Of with what you said about the teasers, I think the Titans are a good teaser leg. I, I think because it's going to be so low scoring. So you take yeah, but also because the Steelers don't blow out anyone. That's a good, that's a good point. I mean, if it, if it were two and a half, the Titans were two and a half, were were uh, plus two and a half. I I'd look at it differently, but uh, it, like I, I don't, the Steelers just don't run away from you. So getting up to eight and a half with the Titans. I feel pretty comfortable with and that, again, honestly. If, and again, if you are teasing, you can't tease in Vegas anymore because the teaser prices are too expensive. But if you're playing at DraftKings, the six-point teaser, minus 120 is the pricing point, and that is extremely attractive. How attractive? Cannot get that anywhere in Southern Nevada right now. Yeah, the Steelers' three losses have all been by double digits. Their biggest win to date this season has been a seven-point win. Mm-hmm. So the the Steelers are – they're. I mean, their results are high variance in a way, but like for them to like, what's not a high variance is how many how many points they win by. They do not win by margin very often, not by more than a touchdown margin. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. With a total this low, you would think that taking the north of a touchdown on a teaser would be good. Um, you know, you I, talked me into it. The total being that low has definitely yeah. just convinced me. Well, I just like the I like the under as is. Mm-hmm. This game goes under thirty seven. I think at the most we're seeing a 2017 game. Right? I can just see both coaches like they can't win if they can't score, right? But that's that's the score that they're giving us here. Yeah. The Steelers are three point favorites and the total is 37. They're telling mm-hmm. us it's 2017. Doesn't it seem like that's exactly what it's going to be? I like don't see tonight? how it can be anything but Pittsburgh <laughs> 20, Tennessee 17. In fact, clip this. Uh, I I'm willing to bet someone dinner that will be the final score. No, actually, it's going to be 17 14. 17 14. Okay, we're only going to get that one. All right. Goal. No, no, no. We need the two field goals, though. 20 to 17. All right. Well, well but then you need Tennessee I to know, win. I know. So. 23 to 20, but then the game goes over. And it goes over. This isn't good. 16 I got 13. It. I got what it. if the yeah, Titans win? 16 13. <laughs> what if the Titans win? 20 to 17, Titans win. It could happen. Could very, yeah, of course it could happen. I don't trust either of these teams. No, it's hard to. Uh, and and we always talk about Tomlin as a dog and Tomlin in the spots where no one thinks he can win. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite of that. This is a spot where Tomlin's supposed to win. He's favored to win. This is where Tomlin is typically not strong. Yeah, but he's off a loss. And I love those press conferences. You know what? We'll clean that up. Everything will be fine. And uh, we'll take care of uh, business and defend our home. 
Cam Hayward back. You know, it just feels like this. You trade out Cam Hayward for Minka Fitzpatrick, though. Yeah, hmm. but that's fine. I feel like Will <laughs> Levis is getting sacked a couple of times here in this game. Maybe so. I feel like the pressure is going to be a little too much for him. Maybe he's going to bail out and run, A.J., which is what uh, you that's like. That's what I like. I like over 10 and a half rushing parlay. yards. I, I still remember in Kentucky, Levis picking up some yardage. I think he does it in this game. By the way, I would be remiss. We are only five days away from college basketball starting. If you truly want to win, pick one conference in college basketball and start focusing on it, and you will find far, far better bets in the MEAC or in the uh, Mountain West than you will in NFL size. The colonial. Well, speaking of college basketball, the college basketball world lost a legend yesterday as uh, Bob Knight passed away. At age 83, Fez, any fond memories of Coach Bobby Knight? Just, I, I remember when I was working in Naperville, Illinois in 1986 or 87. I guess it would be 87. And I believe it was the Richmond Spiders beat um, Bob Knight. And that was the. Sure, I remember, he took it really well. That was, the, yeah, that was the topic for the entire day. Um, and really, it was those upsets, those Cinderella's that just drove the madness. You know, back in um, the 80s when college basketball just exploded in popularity, of course, with the um, the big upsets in the finals with Villanova and NC State. Yeah. Um, I had a story with Bob Knight. Had him uh, was had him as a guest on a radio show hmm. one time when I was a producer. And I had called him right when we went to commercial break. Just, you know, this is I'm doing my due diligence. Oh, dear. I'm doing my due diligence. Get him on the line, and you usually have to say like, "Hey, can you wait on the line for just?" Well, a minute? I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna have him wait on hold. I'm not gonna wait somebody wait on hold for six minutes, but I was just doing my due diligence to make sure that they were ready, so that when I called right before the commercial ends, we got the guest on the line. So, what could producers do? Because you don't want to have the host come back from commercial break and say, "All right, we're gonna be joined by Steve Fezzik." Oh no, Fez isn't there. All right, let me vamp for two minutes while uh, we get Fezzik on the phone. No, no, no. So as a good producer, I, I called when we went to commercial break. And I said, hey, coach, you know, this is Scott. I'm calling from this radio station. And I said, I just want to, you know, let, let you know we're about five, six minutes away from the spot. Uh, I just want to make sure you're good. And he goes, well, why the hell are you calling me now? <laughs> I said, I just, just wanted to make sure that, you know, you're, you're good for five minutes from now. And he goes, well, call me then. And I said, yes, sir, coach. And he hung up on me. So he yelled at me for calling him early, told me to call him back. He hung up. I called him back. You were so happy he picked up when you called back. You're like, Phew. well, yeah, I mean, he, I mean yeah. he was, was there yeah. any doubt? Like, did you feel like, oh. no, no, he just, mm -hmm. it was just, he was just bothered that I called him five minutes early. Well, you are an asshole. Yeah, yeah. you shouldn't have called so early. I shouldn't have called was, so early. That was really rude of you. He's a regimented guy. He, he has, he's, a, you know, he's big. You're small. Yeah. He's big. But I, I'll always remember that. There's there's two two people uh, that quotes that stick in my mind from when I spoke to them. One is when Tommy Lasorda couldn't hear me on the phone. There was a, a, a like another like bleeding like coming through the phone. And he goes, I can't hear you with all that stuff going on. So that just stays in my mind forever. And Bobby Knight saying, well, why the hell are you calling me now? Mm -hmm. That will always stay in my mind. I, will, I can hear it as if it was yesterday. R.I.P. Bobby Knight. All right, Fez, before we get you out of here, we like to have a, uh, a Fez tale from you. So I miss the old school swimming pools back in the day. Yeah, I'm old. Coming to Vegas, late 80s, early 90s. And it was a different world. Now there's loud music. There's parties. There's um, beach parties going on. 
and the like. And that's a lot of fun for the young people. But I was young once, and I like nothing better than like a nice, relaxing pool. I'd gamble all night, and then I'd go to like the Riviera pool. AJ, guess how deep the deepest part of the Riviera pool was? Ten feet. It was like twelve. Dang. Diving boards. No, yeah, you, no can't, you don't about, have those anymore. Yeah, no worries about getting sued. You know, people drown and all that stuff. Hey, hey, you know what? It was, happened. You were in Vegas. It's in Vegas. What's, what happens in Vegas? You, know, you're, you're <laughs> you already, drown in Vegas? Well, you're already shit happens. You're taking a big risk. We used to go to, the, like, I remember. Part we, of the gamble. We stayed at the dumpy Westward Ho, which barely had, like, a little, like, like tiny pool. Then we upgraded the stars, but then we stayed at the Sands. So the Sands was this nice, beautiful circular tower with some, like, just, you know, kind of ramshackle rooms, um, two stories around it. But they, like, three swimming pools, a putting green, a diving board. And it, I, you gamble half the night, and you go out there, and you just collapse in the sun during the summer. I tell you, I miss old Vegas. I miss getting, like, you know, a steak and egg special for $1.99, not just at the South Point, but, like, everybody had their special late night. It was just a great time. And I, the number one thing I really am disappointed by, I don't care how nice the swimming pools are now, um, the music's too loud, and it's just not relaxing. And I love just relaxing at the pool in Vegas in the summer, you know, with that diving board and being able to dive. I remember the icy cold water of the Riviera, you know, and the deep water diving in. I miss it, boys. What's your, uh, what's your favorite pool today in Vegas? I actually think, you know, the rundown Rio. Of all places, oh really? I love wow. that. I love that feel of just Didn't like see that one coming. Exactly. So you know, multiple. I mean, like, I mean, the wind is is beautiful to look at, but to, you know, actually, you know, be a part. Oh, at Caesars, I love the Caesars. You know, all the different because they've got three levels of pools, yeah. and they, they actually have, I think, five different pools, and then of course the seven star pool um, on the third floor there, and they've got blackjack in the pool. The old the Tropicana, the Tropicana pool was the thing. I know they're about to implode the trop. But that was like the most beautiful pool. They had wild birds and parrots and everything. Waterfalls cascading. Um, I always like the waterfall. The Rio has a waterfall. But the Trop, actually, I'm going to go Tropicana was my favorite. Pool. I've never swam in this pool, but every time I go through this casino, I'm like, this is an awesome pool. The Golden Nugget has you know, an awesome pool the, set up. The They've got like nugget, an aquarium. Yeah, they got a slide that you go through. There's like sharks and yeah. fish swimming around. It I want to like, do that. It looks like the cool, <laughs> it looks like the coolest thing ever, the shark tank down at the Gold Nugget. So I hear really, really good things. Oh, and a lot I, of stuff in the Golden Nugget feels old. The pool feels very new. And the circus swim, if you're a sports oh, it lover, is, awesome. is just incredible. Not you know, the pool itself isn't that big because it's like a lot of other, it's a lot of pools, mm-hmm. but being able to watch sports while you're hanging out, and um, it's, it's a lot of eye candy at the circus and sports. It's, uh, open all year round, heated pools. Y- yes, mm-hmm. yes. So that's um, you know, I never have had time to just hang out for an afternoon at circus sports, and also it's one of one it's one of those rare places I can't just cl- collapse and drool on myself because people will recognize me. So <laughs> I, I probably can't go to the circus sports, whereas I'm perfectly safe when I'm just like hiding at um, the Rio or someplace. All right, Fez, appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. 
I got a lot out of it. And it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try. If you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this, it's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Really fun night in the NBA last night. Uh, got probably a little overshadowed by Major League Baseball. World Series going on. They don't have to worry about that anymore. You're going to have... It, from now on, Tuesday nights are going to be for NBA and Maction. Wednesday nights are NBA and Maction. It's it's all yours. Uh, but wanted to hit on some of these games that happened last night, Mac. And let's start with the Cavs at the Knicks. You called this early this week on SOV when I, you know, you said we're going to wait for the Knicks to win this game at Cleveland, and then we're going to come back and bet the Cavs on the road. That's exactly what happened. You're like yeah. a wizard. They won outright. It's funny because it was like, oh, what's the line? It's six and a half. Oh, now I'm worried because of injuries. I would have bet it more if it was a worse line for some reason, which doesn't make any sense. But uh, it fit all the criteria of the immediate revenge spot. And we got the weak home court advantage in MSG. Uh, the Cavs won the first quarter. We look at that for the immediate revenge spot. That's very correlated. And they kept the Knicks under their team total. You can't really control your shooting but you can turn the dial up on defense, and that's what we saw. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans get a road win, a good road win, 110-106 at Oklahoma City, and it came on a night where, statistically at least, Zion Williamson did not play very well, but C.J. McCollum, their big offseason addition, really lit the scoreboard up. Yes, he had he had a great game, and they silenced all the trade talks that have been hovering around his name, and I'll say Zion Williamson. When your center gets eight assists, you're gonna. It's a. It's maybe not a great lineup, not a great uh, matchup. Seven for twenty, but he's doing some very interesting things. Things that we don't see around the NBA from bigs. We talked about home court advantage mattering in Sacramento and Golden State. Sacramento gets a cover, but they fall one hundred two, one hundred one to Golden State. What was the story of this game? Uh, I mean, the Warriors had no business being as tight as it was. Steph Curry had a bad game, which really has been their saving grace. He's been their whole offense. He's been by far uh, twice as good as their best player, scoring points-wise. But number two stepped up, Clay Thompson, when he needed it most. 
hit the game winner. Maybe that'll get him back on track. Uh, Draymond Green back in the lineup as well. I, for whatever reason, I was expecting him to miss like significant time going into the regular season. This has got to be yeah. kind of good news for them to be getting him back this early. And obviously, this is a, a, a tough loss for Sacramento because what you talked about, you know, coming into this game, being without De'Aaron Fox, this is a, it, it, this would have been a big win to get without their best player. Definitely. Almost stole one, but they didn't. And finally, uh, the, the nightcap had overtime. Lakers 130, Clippers 125. We thought these teams were, uh, were going to play a close one last night. It's about as close as we could have asked for. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from this one? Here's a trend that has cashed two nights in a row, so I might as well talk about it. When you're playing in L.A., and this applied to the Clippers, with zero days rest, you go over. You go over 68% of the time historically, and uh, that's what we saw. It. The, the Clippers, with all their new pieces, looked pretty good for much of the first half, but they really couldn't keep it up defensively. They didn't have the body. When you say when you play in L.A., is that playing at the Lakers or the Clippers? Or the Clippers. So right. playing against either one of yeah. those teams, you and it go over. might have something to do with the Vegas flu-type concept where – I mean, they live in L.A., but, uh, you know, they don't necessarily call it a 9, nine o'clock early night, most of these NBA players. But looking deeper at the game, LeBron had his best game of the season by far. They needed it to cover their first game of the season. 35 points, 12 rebounds, and 7 assists. Quiet Leonard was just as good, and they ended up losing. But he had 38 points, and he just looks like – I told you, he scored 8 points the other night, and I thought he looked amazing against the Magic. Just the, his body, his physicality, his defense, it's all back – to where he was uh, as a superstar player. Kawhi Leonard, I'm telling you, people forget at at his prime how good that guy was. And if he comes back anything close to that, th like you're talking about one of the three best players in the NBA, which sounds crazy, but people forget how good Pete Kawhi was. Uh, if he's that, boy, he, this is going to be a fun year. Uh, four games on the slate for today. The Raptors minus, or the, excuse me, plus eight and a half at Philly. Uh, two sixteen and a half. Boy, this Philly team with a lot of uncertainty. That seems like a pretty big number to lay, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and the Raptors were just five point home dogs and blew out the Bucks. Probably their most impressive game of the season. I know they're on a back to back, so you dock them a little bit, but that number seems inflated. I'd have to be curious if the Raptors aren't resting some guys I don't know about. Speaking of a back to back, the Pelicans laying seven and a half points at home against the Pistons. The Orlando Magic plus one and a half at the Jazz. And this is the game I wanted to ask you about, McKenzie, because... Immediate revenge spot. Immediate yes. revenge. We talked about this with Cleveland and the Knicks. Now we're getting the Spurs and the Suns. We talked about the Spurs with the wild come-from-behind victory yep. uh, over the Suns. And this is, a, I mean, this doesn't happen very often. You said it's happened now for a couple of years where teams play back-to-back -back games yeah. in the same arena. Uh, but this is at Phoenix again. Phoenix off that embarrassing loss... Is this a time to back the Suns? I think so. I think they picked their number here. And you're right. This wasn't a normal scheduling spot, maybe once a year, until COVID happened. And they're like, we're sending these guys on too many planes, too much disruption. So if we can get back-to-back -back games in the same venue, we should go ahead and do that. So now we get this 10 or 12 times a year. And the immediate revenge spot has been especially good when it's in the same venue and especially good in the first half. Makes all the sense in the world. We see this in the playoffs when teams are really desperate. They turn it up, their crowd goes crazy, and they apply that defensive pressure in the first half that they can't really for the whole game. So I uh, expect the Suns to get out like they did last game, get out to a big lead. They were 90% to win to eight, uh, for about 47 and a half minutes of that game and somehow blew it against the Spurs. I don't think they will let that happen again. And I got this at seven and a half, and we talked about it a couple hours ago. Uh, I don't think that number is going to be around. I would still bet it at eight.
And the Victor Wembenyama turnover prop, still at three and a half, but it was plus 110 when we had it the night, uh, right. the game the other day. Yeah. Minus 150. Ah, 60 cent move off one game. 60 cent move off of one. I or, thought they weren't or, listening or, to the show. Or no, off they're... of one tweet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, three and a half still. We're still going to play the over. I would lean that way. By the way, the first half in the first game that they played a couple days ago. Yeah. 63-45 Phoenix. It was over. They let their foot off the gas. That's exactly why we want to back them. They're not going to let it happen. Minus today, three and a half in the first half for this game. Yeah. That feels like I have to. I might put, I think I'm going to put a play, a one unit on first half, one unit full game. Yeah. To the, those waking up, it's okay. I know you don't have the best number. Play four and a half. You'll do, you'll do fine. All right. There you go. Uh, that is your NBA slate for Thursday. Let's take a look at the NHL schedule for tonight, which features two teams playing on the second night of a back-to-back. And in case you are wondering, teams playing on the second night of a back-to-back this season, 10 and 15, 40%. Never lost. That's not good. No, they they lost 15 (laughs) times. Outside of those 15 times. Yes, so that's 40%. So you're 60% fading the teams on the second night of a back-to-back. Those teams are... AJ's Dallas Stars playing the second night of a back-to-back tonight. They are in Edmonton to take on the Oilers. The Oilers are minus 125. And with Ottinger playing last night for the Stars, that means that he'll likely uh, get the night off tonight. But stranger things have happened uh, with these teams and their goaltending situations. Arizona who was home last night playing the Ducks, a game that they lost. Oh, actually, no, they were in Anaheim, a game that they lost on the road. In overtime, they now are home tonight. And Arizona, actually a favorite. Minus 125 at home against the Canadiens. And Arizona will go with Connor Ingram in net as Carol Bamelka got the start last night. Elsewhere on the schedule tonight, the Kings are at the Senators. This is an even split. Minus 110 both ways. Cam Talbot, though, has been very good in net for L.A. Uh, And L.A. is an over team that for the first time this season, in their last game, did not see six goals scored. So will we see six at least scored tonight? Probably a bounce back for the overs between the Kings and their opponents. Panthers are at the Red Wings. Again, another even split, minus 110 both ways. Hurricanes are at the Rangers. New York is minus 120. The Rangers are coming back home after a five-game Western road trip and Canadian road trip. They swept all five games of their road trip. First time in them first home game back? You would think. First time in franchise history, they swept a five-game road trip. They were incredible. They went Seattle to Calgary to Edmonton to Vancouver to Winnipeg and now home to take on the Panthers. I lean towards Carolina here in this matchup. The Islanders are at the Capitals. New York is minus 130 favorite. Blue Jackets at home against the Lightning. Tampa Bay minus 165 favorites on the road. The Leafs are in Boston to take on the Bruins. Boston, 8 Oh, and one this season. They are a minus 115 home favorite. That's a short number for a team that hadn't lost a game yet. They lost one game in overtime. Well, okay. They haven't lost the regulation yet. So haven't lost the regulation yet. Yeah, Toronto's a good team, though. So uh, boss, short price on Boston if you like it. The Devils are at the Wild. And New Jersey, a minus 125 road favorite. Jets are here in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. VGK, VGK. The Knights, 9-0-1 to start this season. It's domination, VGK minus 165 
over the Winnipeg Jets. Minus 165 to win by three goals? <laughs> Just to win. Just oh, to win the game, game, huh? The Predators okay. are at the Kraken. Seattle minus 125. And the Canucks are at the Sharks. San Jose, 0-8-1 this season. On is, of their is nine get games, a second hockey team. <laughs> of their nine games that they have played this year, the San Jose Sharks. You ready for this, guys? Let's go. The San Jose Sharks are averaging a league worst one goal scored per game. Boycott wow. the team. Send him to Vegas. Let's just. Um, are we playing under six and a half? Let's just uh, like. Let's just look at some teams around the league just by comparison. Like, our Vegas Golden Knights average three and a half goals per game. Like, that's cool. Like, yeah, but they're really awesome. Yeah, they're doing great. They're doing great. Um, Los Angeles, 4.33 goals. Like, well, they, you know, that's, I don't it's, like it's, talking about teams that, yeah. with better numbers in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, but okay, yeah. all right. One goal per game in their nine games. They have only played one game this year where they have scored more than one goal. A <laughs> 6-3 loss it's tough to win that way Jeez, to Carolina. All season, they lost 4-1, 2-1, 6-3, congratulations, 3-1, 5-1, 3-1, you know who I feel they bad for? Suck. You know who I feel bad for? The the fans? No, no, no. <laughs> the Sharks? I feel bad for the guy who's like behind the net that pushes the button to get the sirens to go off. <laughs> he's so rusty. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just like, he's, where's the button? He's sleeping. <laughs> he never gets a chance to push that button. The, that horn is never sounding. <laughs> you know it, who I feel bad for? There are probably people, serious betters out there who said. Tonight's the night. This right. sh- no, they said. This shark season win total is pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go over. Yep. And now like 10 games in or nine games in, they're going. Shit. Yep. It's also their first One game point. home. It's their first game home after a five-game road trip. Not usually a good position to be in. Winnipeg is a minus one uh, uh, Vancouver, excuse me, a minus 218 favorite over San Jose tonight. You know, I'll bet Vancouver and the Sharks will get their first. You think anybody's betting? You'll bet Vancouver minus a goal and a half, and then the Sharks will win. Yes. yes. You think that anybody's <laughs> bet the Sharks like eight times, just like martingaling it? Like, they can't go those 0 82. Yeah, they're, those are called homeless people. <laughs> right. They no longer have assets. <laughs> like, you, you got to figure, like, this. Mackenzie, can you look it up real quick? What's the worst, like, the record for the worst record ever in the NHL? Like, uh, they're going to win games. Like, that's the thing. Like, people think, oh, it's they're so bad. They're so bad. They're going to win games. Like, last year, like, the Ducks were a really bad team last year. All right? The Ducks still last year won 23 games. So, based on most losses, mm-hmm. the 1988 Maple Leafs went 21, 49, and 10. The Sharks would kill for 21 wins yeah. at this point. So, the Ducks won the fewest amount of games. Uh, oh, actually, no. The Sharks won 22 games last year. So that was the fewest amount. They actually had uh, two more points, though, than the Ducks because of their overtime losses. But, yeah, the Sharks last year had 22 wins. They're so, not even going to sniff 22 this year. At this rate, we'll see. Last year last year they got their first win. Uh, did it, it? I promise you it didn't take this long. Last year they got their first win in their sixth game. They were 0-5 before beating the Rangers in overtime 3-2. Never yeah, forget. this is uh, 
this is going to be a rough season. It, it is a rough season already. Well, we had uh, some fun action last night. I said, hey, let's back both road dogs. Guess what? Both road dogs get you to the window. Let's go. Don't win the game, though. Uh, either one of them. Bowling Green uh, gets a 24-21 win over Ball State. Doesn't cover, though. Uh, and Akron, a 31-27 win over Kent State. I guess it pushed for some numbers, but if you got it early, plus four and a half was we a winner. The show early every day. Also, Akron, 21 unanswered points to win that game, 21 in the fourth quarter. They went into the fourth quarter down 27 to 10 and walk away the winners, scoring two touchdowns in the last four minutes. That is Maction at its finest. Maction is done, at least the mid- midweek Maction is done for this week. Uh, three games on the slate tonight including a couple Power 5 games. Start with TCU at Texas Tech. Texas Tech minus three. Boy, a TCU of teams that played in a national championship the mm-hmm. year before mm-hmm. has to be one of the bigger disappointments. The fact that they are uh, they're dogs here, and if they lose, they fall below 500. They're real questionable to even be bowl eligible. What a drop-off it has been. More of a Fugazi. Notre Dame's Manti Teo's girlfriend or TCU? I'm talking after a championship season, what's more of a Fugazi? Yeah. Close, right? It's close. It's close. I mean, I know that TCU's team last year was actually real. <laughs> all right, all right. So Ephemeral, I mean, they're okay. made of real players. So I, I guess I got to go with Manti Tail, but it's closer than you'd expect. <laughs> uh, I'll take Texas Tech minus three uh, for tomorrow's game, though. Wake Forest at Duke. Duke minus 12 and a half here. Total of 45. I, Listen, I, I don't know what is what it's going to look like with uh, it, it, with the quarterback situation for Duke. Riley Leonard is clearly hobbled. Wake Forest just stinks on offense. Max Griffiths is a massive drop-off from Sam Hartman. I'm not going to mess around with 12.5 points here. I'm just going to play the under 45. I, uh, Duke's best weapon is banged up. Duke is a dominant defense. Wake Forest can't move the ball. 45 seems like a pretty high number for this game. Finally, South Alabama. Man, South Alabama was a team that a lot of people had high expectations for coming into the season. They are now four-point dogs at Troy. Troy's been very good. They're, you got to ride the hot hand here. Uh, I tend to lean Troy, though. If you'd asked me at the beginning of the year, if I'm going to be getting four with South Alabama coming into this game, I would have loved South Alabama. I don't right now. Troy playing good football. I'd lean to them, though I won't have a play on it. Basketball season is around the corner, and we got some great offers. Well, NBA season's here, but college basketball is around the corner. And we got great offers going on at pregame.com right now where you can get a discount off of any basketball subscription, whether it's college basketball or NBA. Use the promo code DUNK20. And that'll get you 20% off any basketball subscription package. Again, whether it's NBA or college basketball, you can take 20% off using the promo code DUNK20. We are also accepting entries into our college basketball contest at pregame.com. Go to pregame.com, click on contests, and find the Beat Goodfella College Basketball Contest. It is free to enter, and you have a chance to win up to one thousand dollars cash again that's the beat goodfella college basketball contest at pregame.com also when you're at pregame.com right now and this is a a deal that doesn't happen very often today and tomorrow only is when you can get this 
$20 gets you 100 bulk dollars. Mac, explain what bulk dollars are. You're the longest tenure yes. pregame uh, employee. To explain bulk dollars. If the very first day in 2018 I heard of pregame, I got myself some bulk dollars and I didn't find anything to spend them with, they would still be ready and available in my checkout because bulk dollars do not expire. So if you are ever thinking about buying some picks at pregame.com, load up on bulk dollars, get as much value as you can, wait till I have a game of the year, which I almost never lose, Buy that for free. And by the way, when you do have these, like when you have a three-star best bet, yes, what, what's it go for? Twenty-five dollars. What about you, Scott? Twenty-five dollars. Me too. So for twenty bucks, you could get all three of yes. our best bet packages and still have twenty-five dollars left over. You could probably yeah, spin throw it a bone. Yeah, you know, why yeah. not? So uh, just go to pregame.com, click on buy picks, add the twenty dollars gets you a hundred bulk dollars package to your shopping cart. By the way, it doesn't get better than immediately. This. Five to one is as much as I mean. I had to. I had to have some conversations just to make sure it happened. Five to one is as good as you're going to get. Twenty bucks gets you a hundred. And it, by the way, it's one per customer. Yep. Period. Uh, but it's it's only good for today and tomorrow. So jump on it at pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman and Steve Fezzik, I'm Scott Sadenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey.